Well, good morning, Iron Man. It's good to hear you. This, I see you this morning, even though we can't see you, but to know that you're out there virtually is just awesome. You know, um, we often have people that we idolize. Uh, sports idols are not to be the ones that we need to idolize, but people, men of character, men that you look at and you say, this is, this is the kind of guy that I want to represent. This is the kind of guy that I want to be around. This is the kind of guy that I want to be around my kids. And this is the kind of guy that I want to be around my wife and friends. Uh, someone that, um, that you can trust that you can trust. Uh, I heard a long time ago that you are the essence of the five books that you read and the five people that you hang around with. And uh, I feel that to be true with my life. I'm so blessed and thankful for the men that I do have in my life. Let me tell you a little bit how I met Wesley. Uh, Wesley, we, we met around October uh, 2017, if I'm, not, uh, sure, from, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And he was uh, had been coming to our church. He was walking through the lobby and I said, um, uh, how you doing? Your name is? And he said, Wesley Woodyard. I said, nice to meet you, Wesley. What do you do for a living? He says, I play football. I said, you do? He says, I said, who do you play for? He says, the Tennessee Titans. I said, ah, that's awesome. Never heard of you. So he said, okay, that's okay. And uh, you know what I liked about him? He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't, you know, saying, how could you not have heard about me? He goes, that's quite all right. From that, we struck up a friendship. And uh, when Wesley went back to, uh, after summer off, went back to training, uh, back to football season, um, I texted him a couple of times and he didn't text me back. And I told him prior to, I said, Wesley, I'm not a groupie. I just want you to know that I'm a, you know, I want to pray for you throughout the season as you've asked me to, but um, you know, I'm not a groupie, so I won't chase you down. He came back and I sent him a couple of texts and he never responded to my text. Uh, first time I saw him after the 2017-18 season, he walked up to me and says, hey, how you doing, uh, Pastor? And I said, let me see your phone. And uh, he handed me his phone and I said, yeah, this thing still works. Um, he got the message, and from there on, we have been texting throughout. Wesley is not just a guy that I enjoy. Uh, he's a guy, he's a friend. And one of the things I like about him and admire about his character, I said to him a while ago, I said, Wesley, I'd like you to send me, a, send me a picture of yourself that I can be able to know who I'm talking to. And Wesley sent me this picture, and I don't know if you can see it, but it's a picture of him with his kids, and he's missing one at that point in time. But it was so awesome because that's the man I said, I can see that loves his wife, loves his, loves the Lord. It's his character and the man that he is today. So it is an honor to be able to introduce a friend, a brother in Christ, someone that I've come to admire, someone I've come to respect, but someone I can see the countenance of his wife tells him the kind of tells me the kind of person he is by looking at her face. You know that this is not a man who just plays sports. This is a man who's a father, which is most important, and a husband, which is the most important and a man of God, of character, which is absolutely essential and the most important thing to get. So Wesley, I consider you my friend, my brother, I love you, and I cannot wait to hear what the Lord has got to say through you today. So take it away, brother. How are you feeling this morning? Uh, feeling great, Andy, man. Thanks for that intro. Uh, super pumped, man. Super excited to get the word to you guys, man. Uh, Definitely enjoy reading the chapter, but uh, most importantly, man, Andy, man, I'm just super, uh, super thankful that you invited me to Iron Man a couple of years ago to speak. And then again, you invited me back this year to be around men, sharpening each other. Uh, that, that's what it's all about in today's world, man. That's what it needs to be more about. More men coming together, you know, changing the world for a better. So thank you, Andy. Hey, brother, just one last thing I wanted to tell everybody that you were a captain for your high school football team, your college football team. And all of your NFL teams, you've been a captain. So you're not just the leader of, uh, of, a, uh, of a family, you're a leader of men as well. So take it away, brother. Looking forward to hearing what God has to say through you. Thank you. Thank you.
Um, I'm gonna, I would like to open up in prayer. Um, just believe that's a, that's a, the best way to go into the word, man, to remove yourself and to let God do his work. Uh, so you uh, bow your heads where you are, close your eyes if you don't mind. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to come to you today and give you thanks for allowing us to come together. You know, even under these certain circumstances, God, you still can show your power, can show your strength and can show uh, that you're the same God, Lord God, no matter in what circumstances. And we pray that you remove me today, God, and, and let it be all of you, God, and that we continue to come together. You say where there are two or more, God, uh, gathered together, you are in, the, you are in the, the, the spirit and the atmosphere. And Father God, we're here, uh, 101 strong, Father, and, and we're here sharpening each other. So I pray today that you let, let God hear the word, God, and, and, and continue to be lights for our kingdom, Father, and just continue to move us in a, in a powerful way throughout this year and throughout our lives. Amen. So uh, I'll start with a, with a little intro about myself. Uh, Wesley Woodyard, uh, uh, father, now I'm a father of four, uh, husband, uh, my wife, Veronica. We've been married now almost seven years. Uh, we have a five-year-old whose name is Grayson. We have three girls, Noah, she's four, Luca, she's three, and my baby Lane, she's nine months now. Uh, and like Andy said, uh, I've been a captain ever since uh, my senior year in high school on every team, uh, all the way to my my rookie year in, 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 in the NFL, uh, to my freshman year in college. Man, this has been exciting to be able to display my my god-given talents uh and continue to be able to lead man i think that's something that i've been very passionate about throughout my life you know always standing up for what's right never being afraid to you know hey let's do this or we need to change this just being some a, a voice for my people and a voice for my man and i think today we need to we need to hear more of that and uh david spoke about it earlier about now is the time that that men shouldn't be afraid you know you, you should stand up you should have a backbone this is a time where we can prove ourselves just how powerful God is in this world. So uh, let's get started with the message. You don't mind taking a sip of water. So let's start with, um, to, to, so I'm, I'm speaking on dedication, chapter three, in this, in this great book, man, that I enjoy reading, man. It, 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 it was a blessing to read that, that chapter. I'm going to continue reading the whole book as well so I can follow along with you guys. But the definition of dedication um, the first one came up, devoting or setting aside for a particular purpose. Uh, number two was uh, self-sacrificing, devotion, and loyalty. Uh, to me, that brings me um, to Genesis 5:21, when it uh, talks about my man Enoch, uh, a great man, one of only two men in, in the world that, you know, didn't have to die to go into heaven. God welcomed them and opened the gates and allowed them to walk into heaven or to ride a chariot or, or whatever it was that we don't know, but we know they walked into heaven with God. And I look at Enoch's life, uh, the great grandfather of Noah, uh, he lived over, uh, over 4,714 years of family foolishness after the fall of man with Adam in the Garden of Eden. So can you imagine living there's 4,000 generations, 4,000 years before you, uh, I think it was six generations or so in, in there, and there's not a leader of men. There are, there's nobody that can teach you right from wrong or 
there's nobody that's showing you the right way to to be a godly man. But Enoch found a way, and you know he walked with God. And 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 fast forward to Noah. If it had not been for Enoch, you know God may not have found favor in man through Noah. So that was just something that I love to to continue to read that. In our spiritual realm, in our spiritual life, we always like to compare ourselves to other people. I had a great teammate by the name of Brian Dawkins, and he would sit down and mentor me and talk to me. And I'm like, B Dog, like, why can't I be as focused as you are in my spiritual world and my spiritual walk with God? And he would easily say, like, hey, bro, like your challenges, your struggles aren't mine. But what I go through, I can teach you to uplift you so that you don't go through what I did and you can do the same. And at that point in time, I wanted to be perfect in God. I wanted to run. I wanted to, to get from all of these struggles to being, a, being a, a, in my mind, a perfect Christian or the perfect guy, perfect man that God wanted me to be. And that's not what it's all about. And, and I think it's important that we understand that Enoch chose to walk with God. All of his forefathers, they, if you continue to read that scripture, those, those words say that they they gave birth. They gave birth to more kids. But in Enoch's case, he gave birth and he walked with God and then he gave birth to kids. So it was kind of like he had his whole mind wrapped around being the positive male role model that one day would change the world the world, and, and eventually and importantly, how God sees man. And that was just something that I love to see, man. And and the last thing, the last definition was a ceremony to mark the official completion of something. Um, great examples in the Bibles of every time someone overcame an obstacle, they would stop right where they are, especially in the Old Testament, and build an altar for, for something or for God, most importantly for God, those things that they would build for other self-purposes would be destroyed later on. But people would build altars for God. You look at um Moses, when he defeated the Amaleks, uh, with with the help of Aaron, uh, holding holding a rod up. Uh, as soon as that battle was over, he decreed and he made a place right then and there that hey, I'm gonna build an altar, and I'm gonna name it the Lord is my the Lord is my banner, Yahweh Nisi. That that to me, I got a chance to lead a Bible study with my teammates, and I got a chance to speak about uh, holding the banner up high for God. You know. And that story with, with Moses and the Amaleks, uh, throughout that battle, the battle was raging, the battle was winning uh, on, on Moses' side. Whenever he let that banner down, he lost. The battle was, the battle was, the, his side was losing. But whenever he would hold that banner, that rod up, and show that, hey, God is here, God has the power and control, they won. And, and, and that just shows that in today's world, we need to hold our banner up high. And today is more prevalent than ever because. If we don't show people who we stand for and what we stand for, which is God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, then nobody will know anywhere to follow and, and won't be able to, to, to see our true purpose in life. Uh, another great example, um, Noah, Noah built an altar after, after um, he saved the world and, and saved the animals. And I'll, I'll read the scripture and you guys can follow along. It's in Genesis 8. Uh, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some clean, took, took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird uh, and offered burnt offerings at the altar. And, and when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man 
for the intentions of man's heart is evil from your youth. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And, and to me, that, that spoke a lot because you imagine, you know, you're selling, God has put this huge uh, mountain in your way of, of, of just, you know, you're the next generation of man. You not only are responsible for men, but you're responsible for every animal that I've placed on this earth. And, and, and it just shows that no matter where you are, no matter what you go through, no matter what mountains you decide to move, you should decree right there, dec like decorate yourself and, and show that, hey, Lord, you brought me through this battle. This is your altar. This is a monument. And not in, in today's world, you don't you may not necessarily build an altar. It may be an altar mentally in your head that when that that challenge arises again, you know that, hey, I've already built this altar in my head mentally. So now I don't have to worry about this again because God has shown me a way before. All I have to do is recall upon the facts and the events that I went through and read my scripture and stays tight. So uh, I, I just love reading the Bible, man. It's always you can learn something new every time you dive in it. But uh, we can uh, let, let, let's start about on chapter three, uh, what heroes are made of. And to me, all the men in this chapter face defeat in some some such a way, some form, uh, starting with my my favorite, my new favorite, uh, my new favorite, uh, new favorite man, uh, Edwin Eugene Buzz Aldrin Jr. Uh, I was a huge fan of Toy Story, never knew where Buzz nickname came from. I was a huge Buzz Lightyear fan. Uh, I had the nickname in college Buzz Lightyear. I had wore this big cowboy collar because I messed up my neck and I had this visor and this huge helmet. So everybody would be like, are you Buzz? What's up, Buzz? So I walked around college for like two and a half years being called Buzz. And of course, my last name is Woody, Woodyard. So everybody calls me Woody. But the thing about Eugene that I love so much is that throughout his life, he was committed to being a great man, or, or I should say committed to whatever cause it was in life that he wanted, his purpose. Um, he finished third in his class in 1951 at West Point. He was the second man on the moon after Neil Armstrong in July 20th, 1969, it says in the book. Um, but he was the first man ever to take communion on the moon. And I think to me, again, there goes creating those altars, showing God that I'm thankful, I'm grateful for where you brought me to and to where I am now. And it's just like, the first thing you do, you want to step off and, and, and like, you want to take communion. Like, that's amazing. Like, how many of us would, would set aside, you're on the moon, you're, you're looking around, and the first thing that pops in your mind is I want to take communion. I want to I want to give thanks to God. And I think that's where we all should be at today. No matter what you go through, no matter even if it's something great, even if it's if, 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 if it's something bad. Like uh, I think to me, one of my greatest, not necessarily one of my greatest, but one of my biggest accomplishments was making it to the Super Bowl. We lost it, unfortunately, to the, the Seattle Seahawks. But it was I was so grateful to be able to run out of the tunnel during Super Bowl to be able to play three different linebacker positions on the football field and just be
being able to experience that, I, I had to give so many thanks to God. And it was just like, everywhere you come from, God has a purpose for you. And it's just up to you to really see and give him thanks for everything that you've been through. And, and I think that's something that I always uh, focus on and I always stress that into my kids' life. Hey man, be grateful, be thankful for everything. Even if it's my son, Grayson, he loves toys. He's got this new collection of Beyblade toys. It's the craziest toy ever. You're spinning around. It's almost like a, a upgraded top from back in the day. You spin a top and, and they watch it for however long it spins. But just be thankful for everything. Um, and, 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 and let's see. Um, uh, and I also like how this, this chapter started with, 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 with of course, uh, a dedicated man. And then it goes on to talking about, to me, what I perceived as the dedication as in Ed White. But uh, first we'll jump back to Michael, uh, Michael Collins. To me, I call him the overcomer. Uh, uh, Matt, to me, to me, it was just like he was alone. And he said it in the book, imagine being 240,000 miles away from the earth uh, for almost a day with little or no communication. And um, one of my chapels, uh, three about three or so years ago, we had a guy by the name of Bishop Walker, a great friend of mine, great speaker, who came and talked to us about the distractions of the devil and how he infiltrates our mind and everything that we do in, in four, four categories. And the anonym was HALT, H-A-L-T. Uh, when you're hungry, the devil is on you. When you're angry, the devil is on you. When you're lonely, the devil is on you. And when you're tired, the devil is always around. So if you think about those four moments and those four, those four things, hungry, angry, loneliness, and tired, those are all the, the vulnerable stages of, of any person in this world. Like you, you, you're not yourself, even the Snickers commercial, hey, take a Snickers, you're not yourself right now, Wood. So it's just like, like he said, imagine being that's that far away and having all those thoughts in his head. And to me, why I call him the overcomer, because he overcame all of those moments. He was in, in orbit for almost a whole day. Uh, I'm sure he was hungry. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he was upset at, man, uh, you know, such and such of this, uh, I couldn't work it out or, or anything that frustrated him throughout that journey could have popped up when he was alone, tired. Uh, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm working on five hours or six hours of sleep, I'm the worst person in the world. And I know I'm getting attacked by the devil. And it started the night before by not getting my rest. So I can just imagine him being alone, dealing with all of those issues. But he overcame it because he was not a selfish person. He realized that, hey, in order for my my fellow friends to survive, I need to do my job. And and and. and that goes key for everything. Um, what I love about Pete Carroll, the first, his first meeting, he stands up and he says, guys, does anybody know what this is? Um, guys go out and guys stand up and say, uh, it's a football or it's everything or, you know, that's money or, you know, whatever it is that guys can throw up. And he, he, he says this right here, it's the only purpose. This is the only thing that matters. So it's just like on Sunday, us football players, we worship this. And 
I used to all go back to B Dog. I would always catch him before games talking to the ball, talking to the ball like it was God. And I'm like, oh my God, like this dude is crazy. Like I seen this same dude in the locker room break dancing to church music. How do I get to that level? Like I can't even get any rhythm to dance to church music. But this man is over here break dancing and going out there on the field before the game, praying to the ball like it's God. Like, come to me, look, come to me today, ball. Talk to, come to and we'll go out there and get turnovers and lead the team and tackle. So I think that at the forefront of whatever it is you do, you need to make sure that God is always first and always there. And, and no matter what you do, he always should be first. He should always be put first. And to go back to my man, Collins, he said over the radio, uh, keep talking to me, guys. He was afraid to be alone. He was afraid of that halt. He didn't want to be alone. Over and over, keep talking to me, guys. Uh, and it reminded me of Psalms 133. And it says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there, the Lord has commanded the blessings for the blessing life forevermore. And it just, it makes so much sense. Like we're not meant to be alone as men. We're not meant to walk, to go through this life alone. We're not meant to go through these struggles and lock them up and put them in a case or a case like a football and just store it away and not share it. We're meant to be to be with each other. In the midst of this uh, COVID-19, the devil distracted all of us and was like, hey, I'm gonna just make sure everybody counsels everything. Counsel, you know, no more Iron Man, but look at God showed up. Now we're on, now we're going virtual, virtual coffee. And it's just like, we're not meant to do this walk alone. We should always remember that. Iron sharpened irons, no matter what. I used to always be so stubborn and ill will minded, just like everything that I go through, I can figure it out and do it myself. I don't need any help. And I can remember being in my inside my locker room and just contemplating like, man, I'm better than this man over here. I should be on the football field. Why don't I have this? Why am I not doing this? And there was this veteran that, that, that came to our team. Um, so he came in week eight. He was on suspension. And um, he, he would always say, man, y'all better not y'all better not mess this up. Y'all don't know how good y'all have it here with, with Mike Shanahan. Shanahan was probably one of the most lax coaches, just a, a great man, a great leader. But uh, Mario would, would tell me on, 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 let's see, I would say probably every game every every week after the game every not week every monday after the game he would be like hey hey bro don't worry about the things that you can't control only worry about the things that you can't control and i heard uh i think it was uh was that dave 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 or mike said it earlier and you know that's key that's the motto that most football players live by you know knowing that you can be traded or cut today or injured or another coach comes in and they don't want you to start. And those are things that are out of your hand. Those are things that, that God has foreseen that you don't see. And a lot of the times we like to try to control and manipulate those situations so that we can control it. But as a man of God, you should always let go and let God take control. Because again, that goes to that motto. Those are the things that you cannot control. God controls those things. Our thoughts are, are, are everything are here 
God's up here. Like every thought, everything that he does is always for a purpose and, and always for the right and greater cause for us. Even though it might hurt for a time, but it's always gonna be a, a greater purpose. Um, and another thing that I liked about Collins is, is that he pictured the worst. And a lot of times in life being dedicated to a cause, like me, like I visualize myself making making plays all the time. Like some of the craziest plays I visualize myself, jumping over alignment, knocking a fullback in the backfield, strip sacking a quarterback, picking it up, running it to the end zone. Will that happen? Maybe not, but I visualize it. So if that situation does arise, I won't falter. But I like it because what Colin said is he pictured the worst. And his worst was he feared being the lone survivor of Apollo 11. And it's funny how God's humor is. He went from being... He went from being his fear in his mind. Uh, I don't want to be the only lone survivor to now you're the forgotten. You're, you're the forgotten member of the crew. And I think that's just funny how God always works with us, man. It's like, OK, you think you want this, but I'm going to show you. And and it's also says in the book that Colin wasn't you know, he wasn't a upset guy because he he's not a known astronaut that 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 landed on the moon. He 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 knew what his details was and his duty. He was. He was dedicated to seeing the mission through, to seeing that Armstrong and, and my man Buzz made it to, to the moon. And his job was to continue orbiting around no matter what and keep it safe so that these guys could have a way back to Earth. And I just think that through his through his sacrifice, his dedication and determination, just, that's just a great man that, that, that we should all think about when we get in those tough times and those missions and those business meetings and those, you know, in my case, in the football, like there's going to be times it's going to be challenging, like, but it's up to you. Remember the task at hand. Remember your job. Remember what it is you're supposed to do and do it and, stay, and, and be steadfast and, and don't fret. You know, boxers, boxers get, get punched over and over again. But it's only one one. They're gonna get back up and they're gonna keep swinging. Those are the great ones, and and I think that's how we should approach our our, our spiritual walk and our spiritual life. Um, the third man, uh, Frank Borman, I call him the truth. Uh, through his testimony, single-handedly kept Na the NASA space program uh, and intact, and and that was all because of the love of of one man that that sacrificed a lot in Ed White. But um, I, the thing about Borman is that I love so much about him is that Borman and two of his crew members read the book of Genius, Genius, Genesis, sorry, Genesis on a live broadcast to the world. So you mean to tell me that these men made it into space and the first thing that they want to read to the world is the Bible? Is 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 our blueprint to life like we get to no other no other no other religions or, or anybody can say that the first time man orbited space we read our, our scripture our Quran no no it was the Bible it was the word of God raining down upon us upon men upon women upon children and I think it's important that I read I read the the scripture because it's, it's, it's just great. And it says, um, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place 
and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. I think that last sentence says a lot. God didn't say God, God saw that it was perfect or God saw that it was great. God saw that it was good. So I think we can again apply that to our lives, apply that to the world that we live in. Like God, if God wanted us to be perfect right then and there, when he made the world, when he made the earth, he would have said perfect or great, but no, he said good. The thing about being good is, is that there's room to go up. There's room to be great. You don't go, you, you don't go great, good, amazing. You go good, great, amazing, or, or, or which, whatever you want to say after great, but it's good first. You got to be good in order to be great. And I think that's something that me and my earlier spiritual walk was, I wanted to be great out the gate. Like I'm this professional football player. I can go out there. I can run every play that coach tells me to. I can think of everything on the field. I can go and make this play. I want to be great in my life. If I'm a great football player, why can't I be great in my Christian life? And I was overlooking the fact, again, like I said before, of the walk with God. And I think in order to be great, you have to be good first. And that's, you have to walk with God. Going back to my man, Enoch, he walked with God for over 300 years. And God saw fit in him. And eventually he saw favor in mankind through his great grandchild, Noah, who saved the earth. Um, and now, this brings me to uh, Ed White. Uh, you know, I, I, I looked at everything that is said in the book and, and to me, it challenged me because I'm getting a chance to speak to men. And, and it just made me think of how many Ed Whites are gonna be tuned in to this, to this broadcast and that are gonna wanna change the world for better, but most importantly, inspire the next generation of men to be better than they were before him or you know not make those mistakes so air white man was was an amazing man and i think something that stood so tall about air was um that he carried he carried mustard seeds in his pocket of a space and he carried mustard mustard seeds in his space space suit uh pocket and i think that a lot of times we sometimes have to remind ourselves we sometimes have to again, make altar. He made an altar of, of mustard seeds and put it in his pocket so that he can remember that, hey, God, through you, no matter what, if I have faith as small as the mustard seeds, I can move mountains. I can move any mountain. And and to me, it left me again with a question. What what mountains have God allowed you to move? And I think in today, and I, I don't think in any man in time could ever actually possibly lift up a, a mountain and move it. But I think what God was trying to tell us was that whatever situation you go through, it's gonna block, it's gonna block you from getting to your ultimate plan, ultimate dream or vision. So if you can move this by having faith in me, then there's nothing that you can't do in life. And I think sometimes as humans, we feel like a problem that we're going through is a mountain. And God says it's right there. Look at this mountain, Mount, Mount Fuji. That's a Mount Fuji problem, Mount Fiji. Like, I'm gonna move that for you with you having faith in me. And I think that was something that was just, that just stuck with me when reading this with Ed White, man. He kept the, uh, those mustard seeds in his pocket. And 
throughout time, he inspired all of these men that changed history. You know, Air White just didn't become a great man, you know, out of his mother's womb. He, he, he knocked it. <laughs> he walked, he learned his way. And throughout that, he became a great man that inspired so many other people that changed the outcome and the landscape of the world, how we see it today. And um, I'm just so thankful to be able to read about Air White because that's something that I always challenge myself, man. I, I was asked a question um, six years ago at this increase conference. Uh, there's It's an increase conference where most people don't know about it, but I'm proud to say that over two to 300 NFL guys and their spouses and wives, we all get together every year and we have this, uh, the increased conference where we must decrease in, in order for God to increase in us. And it's like, we get together and we pray. And it's just like, that was a challenge. That was a question that somebody asked me, like, what, what do you think your purpose on earth is? And at the time, you know, the first thing that popped up to my mind was like, man, I really feel like that God has placed me here on this earth to better, better men to inspire other men to be great in life because I know the challenges that I face in my life. If and once I defeat them, how many how many kids and how many men that I can help go through because being a public figure, being in the NFL, man, you have to be dedicated to something. Either that's being dedicated to um, uplifting yourself or being dedicated to the demise of yourself. And so many times we see people dedicated to the demise of themselves that, you know, you don't even get to see their full story. But I just always wanted to challenge myself to continue to challenge and lead and mentor men. And I think that's the reason why my foundation, 16 Ways, uh, we started it up, me and my cousin started it over 10 years ago. This is the 10th anniversary uh, this year. Won't get to do too much, uh, activity with COVID acting up, but uh, it was just, man, that we, we challenged ourselves from every day to inspire each other. And it all started with, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, me coming out of high school, uh, I was getting ready to graduate, getting recruited, wasn't highly recruited, but I was getting recruited enough to, it was a serious point. And I asked my father, I was like, hey dad, do you mind taking me you know, on my college trip after the game. And my dad was a truck driver, always in and out of town, uh, no excuses. <laughs> but um, he ended up canceling on me. And this was, at the time, this was the biggest football game of my life. Like, uh, it's the number one team. We were the number one team facing the number two team in the state of Georgia, in Carrollton, Georgia. They had all these top athletes. We end up dominating them, beating them bad. So I'm on the bus, I'm texting my dad. I'm like, man, hey, I'm ready to go to Kentucky. Are you ready? And he hits me with the son. I already knew what was coming after that. Oh, son, I can't make it. And my cousin Derek, co-founder of 16 Ways, fell, fell on that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And he was like, you know, there's no way in the world that I would let your talent go to waste here in LaGrange and allow you to miss this opportunity to go to college, to meet these coaches, to experience life that I've never experienced. So I want you to have the best chances to become the best person who you are. And my cousin Derek has never asked me to do anything but two things. And that was to be a positive citizen and a positive role model in the lives of his two, in the lives of his two daughters. And I just, I just, I just, you know, thank God for being 
in my life for placing men of valor and men of honor, men of great character in my life that shaped and molded me to the day. Thank, uh, the Mikes in the world, the Andes of the world, uh, the Daves of the world. And it's just like, those men are placed here for a reason. And it's up to us to put aside our selfish ways of wanting to be alone, of wanting to get over and do things on our own and use the resources that God has given us and, and these great men in our lives. And I've been blessed to have a lot of men in my life that has helped me shape my life because again, I grew up with not having a strong father male, father figure in my household. So me and my brother, we search, we still search to what does a perfect, well not, not necessarily perfect, but what does a man look like? What does a godly man look like? like those are things that we're still figuring out today. And again, that's our walk and our, 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 our space with God. And so, so my man, Ed White, I continue to ask us to, to be that Ed White. And uh, some things that I wanted to reflect on upon reading, um, I'll, I'll go to page 61, um, where it said, uh, it talked about Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin. Um, know that there is hope for their recovery but they also know that there is hope for mankind and their sacrifice so they were worried about the possibility of not making it back but at the same time in the back of their head they're like we're doing this for a greater purpose if we happen to die our sacrifice won't go in vain won't be in vain the man the next man before the next man after us will be inspired by the knowledge and the wisdom that we've left them to become better astronauts than we were. And our death, if, if it has to happen, it has to happen. They're cool with that. So it brought up the question, what sacrifices are you making for the future of men around you? And that can be uh, not watching porn. Uh, I was listening to the radio and, and they were saying all these crazy subscriptions about porn have gone up since COVID-19. Is is not watching porn, not uh, not lusting, you know, being financially smart with your money, uh, being a being a great man around the house, like all of these things. Like, what are those sacrifices that you're making today to make tomorrow better for the next man? And and it starts in your home, it starts in your household, it starts when you walk outside of your door. What are you putting on? Are you putting on the helmet of salvation? Are you are you dressing yourself for success and, and God's word and and, and that's just something that, man, it's like those men were ready to sacrifice their lives for a greater cause. And it goes back to Jesus, man. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. And, and it's just amazing that Jesus died for us. Like, I would die for my son. Jesus died for us. The love that you have to have in your heart to die for somebody that you don't know is amazing. And we've been filled with that love and that blood of Jesus. And uh, I go to page 64. And uh, and read about uh, about you know let me see okay I read re sorry sorry <laughs> throughout throughout the chapter we see a dedicated group of men willing to sacrifice a higher purpose and that spoke spoke to me on page sixty four at the end and it talked about exemplified the leadership trait of of dedication all the men exemplified the, the the trait of dedication. The quality of being unwavering, committed to a purpose that is greater than oneself, and that goes to goes back to the football. That's the purpose 
that we that we that we have on Sundays. We get to bless God and and honor Him by attacking this football. And I know I might be going over a little bit on time, but I've, I've been moved, man, to to share a little bit more. And, and in closing, um, let me let me see. Uh, Air White again. How many Air Whites will be inspired? And how many Air Whites do we have? And what are you dedicated to? Health, life, finances, family, and most importantly, God. And I, I've enjoyed my time, and I hope that God used me to, to, to inspire you men to be light for his kingdom and continue to sharpen each other. And, you know, man, it's, it's been great, and I look forward to doing this again. Wesley, you're amazing, man. I, I know how uh, challenging it is to just speak to a computer without seeing any action but i know that there's there's over a hundred guys that are still in the uh, the room essentially listening to us and I, I i do know that we went over a little bit but i think there's a lot of guys that are just hanging out at the house today too so yeah it's um, not like, where are we gonna go <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i you know when i i think about b-dog uh praying to the football you know i couldn't help but think about these He's obviously not praying to the football, but the football represents uh, yeah. this quote that I remember from Chariots of Fire. The quote uh, that I remember, it says, I feel God's pleasure when I'm running. And so I can imagine that uh, what he's doing is he's just saying, God, I can't wait to catch this ball because the yeah. way that you designed me, I feel your pleasure out while I'm out in the field. Is that is that probably a, a good depiction? Hey, I, no words need to be said after that. That was a perfect summary of, of B Dog. That was a perfect. <laughs> you know, and I was as I was looking through the book, I, uh, Ed White's story is incredible, yeah. no question about it. And he was laid to rest, as you know, at West Point Cemetery after the tragic uh, uh, accident that happened. And uh, Buzz Aldrin remembers his friend with these words: "Ed was my good friend and colleague." He was also a major part of my inspiration to become an astronaut. He goes on to say that he never had the chance to thank him for all that he meant to me mm. or tell him goodbye. Although two and a half years later, he still he was still just kind of struggling through that. And then he, he reminds me, he says, life is a gift. None of us has any guarantees about tomorrow. So don't miss the opportunity to tell your friends, your yeah. wife, your family, how much they mean to you. Take the time to make that phone call just to say hello or write a note of encouragement. And then there's this poem that I, I found very interesting that um, Ed White would keep in his pocket. And it says, no one is beat up. No yeah. one is beat until he quits. No one is beat until he quits. No one is through until he stops. No matter how hard failure hits, no matter how often he drops, a fellow's not down till he lies in the dust yeah. and refuses to rise. Fate may slam him and bang him around and batter his frame until he's sore, but she never can say that he's down while he bobs up sincerely for more. A fellow's not dead until he dies, nor beat till he longer no longer tries. I, I love that quote. And, and something else you said, Wesley, um related to the banner i love this I, I as you were as you were talking about the banner holding up the banner high for god i couldn't help but think about if we're christ followers mm -hmm. 
especially in this in this environment. Uh, imagine that we held up a banner that said this. Cure. cure. I don't know if it's if it's backwards in the camera there, but cure. And if people thought, is that the cure for COVID? I mean, I would have a I would have a line uh, ten miles long for me to give yes. people a shot. But yes. as as a, as a Christ follower, and you know this, Wesley, especially, I, I love the fact that you're an athlete that goes into into darkness. You I are. Have, I happen to be a, a Christian that's an athlete. <laughs> exactly. You, you you and I and other men that are on this call are cure carriers. Yes. We carry, Come on. Now. Man, God gives us the privilege to carry the cure, the cure for anxiety, depression, loneliness, all of these things. We carry the cure. And this, I, I couldn't help but think, man, my banner high, just reminding and thanking God that he gives me the privilege to carry the cure. Yes, yes. Thank you for catching that, man. It's, you know, I, I think, man, in today's world, like, we are so easy and so so frail and so fragile that as soon as one thing goes wrong we automatically forget and we take god out and it goes back to another football uh story with brett kern uh we always we have this weird weird thing it's the only space that we can pray in the in the in the in our locker room is our team shower everybody's clothed everybody's dressed no no water's running and we're in full uniform but he uh he spoke to us as men and he was like man like God wants to be in this situation with us. He doesn't want to be excluded. He doesn't want to be outside. And, and like I said, so many times, like we get, we get hit and we want to drop our banner. But when we get hit, we should even hold it up even higher. And, and, and that was a great, 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 great thing that, that Kern just that, that spoke to us. And it really stuck with me throughout the year last year. Awesome. Well, Wesley, thank you. Hang on there just for a second, because I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. Um, okay. Since we're about uh, 15 minutes after the time, you know, I I started, um, which was perfect, Wesley. Honestly, I mean, there's a lot of guys. We still have, you know, 90 guys that are sitting and watching us. So um, I'm not I'm not concerned about the fact that we ran over the time. Well, I started this morning. I talked about the concept of hold fast, and I and I want to tie a scripture to that. In Hebrews 10:23, it says, "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering." for he who promised is faithful. You know, the other, the other two words that I think about in this particular moment when there's a lot of fear and anxiety, and, I, and I've, I've read a lot of your all's words, confused, concerned, secure, restless, dependent, ready, happy, anxious, hopeful. A lot of these guys were writing these words as we were um, doing that initial poll. I, can't, I couldn't help but think about two words, take heart, take, take heart. heart. In John 16, 33, uh, the verse says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Take heart, Wesley. Take heart, men. I have overcome the world. You know, Wesley brings up a great point this morning, men. And that is, is that we're not designed to be alone. And uh, these moments when we are alone, let's take heart. Let's hold fast. Let's not be tempted. Let the enemy kind of come in and whisper these lies to us saying, you know what? Nobody else will see. You can do this now. Take heart. 
let this be an opportunity for you to exercise your temple. Let yes. this be an opportunity for you to get into the word. Let this be an opportunity for you to just spend some time with your wife and your kids and give them words of affirmation and appreciation. Yeah. Let this be a time where you can clean out your garage of some of the stuff that just has been cluttered <laughs> in your life, you know? Yeah, that I, I, I've spent the last two, three days cleaning out the garage. But to go back to your point, um, had I had I not had this opportunity to 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 speak to you guys, you know, not that I was trying or intensely trying to do this, but my wife when they got a chance to, to to see me read the Bible, see me read scripture, my kids when they got a chance to see me, and it's like those are all things that. I know in the back of my mind, God was like, hey, let me plant this little seed over here, plant this little seed over here. So it, it's, I think we always have to stay connected to the power source, man. And, and we would never, ever lose power. We would never, ever be able to drop that banner if we hold true to God. Because he, again, is the cure for everything that we go through. Absolutely, man. Let me close this in prayer. And uh, I want to pray for your family. And um, thank you so much, Wesley. Thank you, Andy Jones. I know that you're still out there for introducing us to Wesley. And um, let me just close this in prayer real quick. God, thank you so much for Wesley. Thank you for his bride, Veronica, and uh, all their beautiful children. I pray a special blessing over this man as he just goes into the world and he is light in darkness. God, continue to protect him because uh, he is a man and he is going to get tempted. Uh, in so many different ways that uh, that he even knows himself. And I, I pray that you would just put on the full armor of God around him, Father, that he would just be a man that knows that uh, he's a man of integrity and that people are looking at him, his wife, his kids, and that he would just remain strong in the word. Yes. Continue just to encourage him just to find men, as he's already expressed that he has in his life, that will just hold him accountable, encourage him, challenge him, in so many ways. And God, as he's out in the field, I pray that you would just give him an extra amount of strength that uh, you would just bless him so that as others look at his life, uh, they will see that he is he is seeing he is feeling God's pleasure when he hits somebody hard. <laughs> yes, Lord. yes, Lord. You know, but but he's doing it with respect and he maybe picks up that fellow that he knocked down and that he just he loves these other guys. But God, I pray you'd bless him with great talent. Continue to bless him with great talent. God, thank you for the message that he delivered this morning. I pray for each one of the men that are on this call. I pray that you would just give them uh, courage and strength. And uh, God, as, as, as you would with police officers and firemen, they don't run away from danger. They don't run away from the fire or the firefight. They run towards it. And God, I pray that you would help each one of the men on this call to run towards the confusion and the chaos and remind them that they carry the cure. And uh, God, I thank you for Mike and David who allowed this opportunity for the virtual Ironman. And I pray that you would just bless them for that as well. Thank you for everything, God. And uh, Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Wesley. Thank uh, you, Dave.